uh, home field. Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the Jamie Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Nothing, man. Just kind of uh, enjoying the summer and one day closer to JMU being a full Sunbelt member. Yes, one day being, um, by the time most people listen to this, will be like three days away. Yes. yes. Um, this is our final podcast in the CAA era. Uh, it is also, I have to say, Rob, this I was thinking tonight, we'll flip to a new season next week. Um, okay. Technically season seven of the podcast. Um, I don't remember how I've broken these up, but this is the 36th episode of season six. Um, Definitely. And I feel like five and six were just like from COVID onward, like just awful. So, yeah, I mean, I'm ready to flip this calendar. Um, I am too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully everyone will be getting ready for some um, holiday weekend plans, long weekend plans, um, whatever your uh, holiday celebrations are it's really nice the way this one falls on a three-day weekend you know sure is yeah I'm, I'm, we're i'm taking off friday um and then maybe tuesday but definitely friday so like it's a four-day weekend yeah oh, it's, it's really nice and then coming off the same sort of thing with juneteenth where we got you know yeah. that so we really hit the jackpot in terms of summer holidays here it's also cracked me up around here how all the local jurisdictions have screwed up on like Coming out of COVID, they all like didn't reserve their fireworks in advance. Yeah. So now like the Vienna fireworks are on the first and the Fairfax fireworks are on the fifth. And then yeah. there's like obviously other fireworks on the like second, third, and fourth. But like I feel like we're gonna have a long period here of fun Alexandria's stuff. are always uh, like the week before or week after Fourth of July because it's too okay. close. Wanna mm-hmm. compete with them. And they're really good. If you're a fireworks person, like the ones yeah. in Alexandria, they're down by like Founders Park, yeah. um, right on the waterfront. And they have, I think it's like the Marine Corps band that does oh, yeah, live. They don't want to compete with the DC ones. Yeah. Right. So they yeah. don't, but it's actually really fun. And to hear yeah. like live music, it's, it's super cool if you like fireworks. That's if you great. don't, then yeah, skip it. But no. I like fireworks. So I will probably no. check it out. Well, good old city of Fairfax didn't reserve the, uh, the technicians, the pyrotechnic guys in advance enough. So the parade is on the fourth, but the fireworks are on the fifth. That, so, happened, that happened in Newport two years ago. And it's yeah. like, that's a big deal. Cause that's yeah. a big kind of tourist weekend in a tourist town. And yeah. somebody reserved uh, the fireworks. So they had it, I think the week after. Bryce actually sent one of their own employees to get, um, to actually get officially licensed. So they don't have to be reliant you know, on, on the outside. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. No, uh, yeah. Somebody's been taking a course, yeah, on this. So, yeah. So, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, go by the shop anytime. Mention the podcast, you'll get a Mossy Creek sticker. Lots of cool stuff. I know they have all kinds of new summer stuff there. And actually, I know it's like midsummer, but it, after this week, they will be getting ready for like fall fishing. Really? Yeah. Book you know, of all, Yes, it's time. So or your bass floats get out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hopefully everybody can, uh, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to being back for football games and having everybody back in town. So we'll get there soon enough. Um, Rob, we're going to do a little, so this is our last CAA pod and our first, you know, getting ready to flip the calendar. We're going to do two top threes just as a quick, um, little fun thing to, look back on, look forward with, uh, for everybody who, you know, I figure this is going to last for a couple of weeks. People will be listening at different times, but thank you to everyone. I mean, first of all, everyone who's been with us for all six of these seasons, um, big, 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 big thanks. Uh, just, I, I continuously am blown away, Rob, by like <laughs> some of these summer ones. I'm like, man, is anybody going to listen to these? And then it's, you know, roughly the same count every week. And, uh, I just, Really, really thanks. So I know there's a few. That, that's more indicative of people's passion for JMU than anything about us. Let's be honest here. Oh, no doubt. And I, it's funny because I'm like, I, I can name like maybe 10, maybe 20 people right, that like probably I, I can guess that they're in that demographic like I would be. Um, but beyond that, I'm clueless where, <laughs> where it comes from. So it's really um, great. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. So. The CAA era. We're going to talk about our top three moments from the CAA era tonight. Um, these can be big picture, small picture, anything you want. I mean, it can, um, 
you know, typical note JMUSB note. Yes, exactly. Uh, we thought it would be it's it's noteworthy though um, that a we're we're limiting this to three, so that really does make you think about, or it made me think at least about like, okay, what is really worthy of being in the top three? Because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of great moments, obviously, but when you're limiting it that much, um, it's difficult. And then just so everyone, not that anyone doesn't remember, but JMU charter member of the CAA. 1985, uh, so 85 to 2022. What are we? 27 years there, something like that. I didn't get the no, 30, no, way more than that. It's like 37 or something. Yeah, you and your law school math there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, we also caveat that like we recognized that JMU football was there was not CAA football for large a large portion of that time, most of that time. 20 years ago, um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that, that football isn't, football's very much in the discussion if we want to choose that um, prior to the CAA. Yeah, I don't think, the A-10 is not told what, 04, 05, I, I mean, the, I thought, after 2000, what, right? I mean. What was like the that. Yankee Conference? When we were yeah. School, it was the A-10. And then, was it only the CAA? Like CAA? Six or something? Yeah. Oh, I think the 08 team was the first CA team. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, yeah. It's 2000. Overall, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Rob, I don't know if you – I, I was going to start in reverse order, if that's okay with you. Did you have a number three that you were thinking of here? Oh, geez. Um, this is hard for me because I'm very biased. Like, there's been a lot of great memories uh, across all sports. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being honest, it's mostly for me, it's football and basketball. That's mm-hmm. just that's when my brain works and the memories, it was very hard for me to choose one particular moment or, or one particular event. Mm-hmm. So I, this, this might be a little bit of a cop-out. No, this- but when I think about like my JMU sports memories and in the, the time of period, which will all be CAA time, I, I think of like the 90s hoops in the combo, like the left yeah. years. And That's I know – it's it's not a particular moment. It's not a particular game that stands out. No, it wasn't particularly successful. You know, the one the Coluco year where they made the tournament, <laughs> but otherwise it was largely kind of disappointing. If we're being honest, you know, Lefty mm-hmm. won a lot of season tournaments, but it really was fun, and that's where my passion for Jamie sports was kind of ignited. Mm-hmm. I, I remember going on Saturday afternoons to games in the combo, and it, like it being a big deal where it wasn't just like me and you and Holston and Pekownik and Porter, like the guys that really cared about basketball, yeah. it was good. You could go down, you know, the fraternity house or Eagle hall or shorts and be like, Hey, you going to the game in the afternoon? And one 75% people knew what you were talking about yeah. <laughs> you know, and in ways that that did not happen for football. Uh-huh. And it just was fun. Like it was just, you'd be there, you'd be packed. They had Saturday afternoon games. I remember big games against Richmond, against ODU, Mm-hmm. Um, this act like ECU American, it just, it was an event and it was something that was really fun. It was a lot of school spirit and it was good basketball. Mm-hmm. It was like Lou Rowe, Clayton Ritter, Darren McClinton, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Charles Lott, mm-hmm. Ryan Colserto, like guys that were like just good, solid basketball players year yeah. in, year out. It wasn't like mass superstars or anything, although I would say Rowe and Kluke are probably in that category, but it just was really high quality basketball. Uh, against CA teams that mattered. There was a buzz about it, and it was just a lot of fun. So for me, that's like some of my fondest memories of JMU and CA is, is playing those. Um, the weeknight games are always fun, but particularly the Saturday afternoon league mm-hmm. games were just yeah. super, super fun. And it just, there was a, there was a buzz of, <coughs> there was a buzz about it, and the convo was rocking and be, you know, moving and the, the bleachers shaking and everything. Not to the degree of like RFK back in the day. <laughs> But it was fun. It was yes. for yeah. me that that's kind of where my whole, like I said, the passion for Jamie's really took hold for me. I'm really glad you went in that direction as and took that a broader view because I really thought about the Coluco shot and that ninety what is that ninety four team. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but I couldn't like when you're talking about a top three. That was like very much like an honorable mention for me. Um, so I'm glad you kind of went broader than that, and that's a Good way to start. Um, really like that. Um, yeah, my third third place was the field hockey title in '94. Yeah, um, not 
you know, not that I was personally aware. I, I wasn't, you know, it's a year before I got there, year year or two before I got there. And, you know, not because I like have was invested then or since necessarily in field hockey. Um, but I do kind of like looking back at the seeds of everything now as we make this transition, like, you know, football had had some wins, right? They'd had the UVA win. They'd had some like moments along the way um, in the 70s and 80s that made it big, you know, kind of changed the campus, I think. All right. Um, But the feel like he won feels now, looking back all these years later, feels like a real precursor to football and lacrosse and softball success to come. Right. Like break? After that. Right. And it, it is kind of like this. I think if you ask Mickey and the administration in like 04, 05, like they would have still said like, yeah, that was a big deal. Like the, it, you could win, you could actually win the whole thing here. Like this yeah. is a place that you could win. Um, and, and I, I feel like that's just a big, you know, it went from being like, oh, that's nice that JMU has sports and they sometimes play the big teams to like, oh, no, they want to, they, they can win a thing here. And yeah. I'll bet that like track, swimming, whoever, like they all kind of feel differently about their future possibilities because of that. So, yeah, you, you feel yeah. like you, you can do it. It becomes realistic. Mm-hmm. You. Mm-hmm. I will say that team was very, very good. I also have kind of a special place in my heart for it, the Carol Thay, who's arguably the best athlete to ever come through JMU. Yeah. But I lived in shorts the year they won it and they used to play their games um, in Bridgeforth. Yeah. And they would play the worst warm up music you've ever heard. <laughs> it was like, I think it was a cover of Pride and then in the name of love, the U2 song. It was like a bad cover of that coming through like old Bridgeforth loudspeaker systems. You know, like the ones you see like at high school where it looks like a megaphone on a, on a pole. It's not even like yes. real. Yes. And so I hated that song more than ever. So I I kind of have a little bit of association of that team with that song. Mm -hmm. But I also kind of felt like when they won it in a dumb way, I was like, all right, this is my team. Like they woke me up many, many weekend mornings. Like I'm happy for these girls and they came back. So that was a big deal. Like I I agree with you absolutely about it being the time when everybody realized like, oh, wow, we can do this here at JMU. This is not just like an also ran thing. Like if you put in the resources, you put in the work, like you can win championships at this school. So that was a big moment. And, and kind of in many ways, like even though it was the first national championship and everybody appreciates it at that level, Mm -hmm. it's still kind of underrated. What a big deal that was. It is. And and it's funny, the thread, like shouts our friend of the pod, Karen Zarchin on that team. Um, also played lacrosse later at JMU. And, you know, there's a there's a recruiting factor from that team, Rob, that, like, carries through a long way, I think. And that's what I was thinking about Karen, who was involved in the field hockey program years later um, at JMU and stuff, and, like, coached in the WCAC and that kind of stuff. Like, there's this, like, oh, no, we can get the best kids. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you have a Carol Thate on your team, you're not talking about like a, oh, we put it all together with a great group of kids that develop. No, no, we can go to Georgetown. We can go to Georgetown Visitation and get the best player on the East Coast for a particular, you know, and you see like an Isabella Peterson now in lacrosse today. And that feels like it's not that far removed from, you know, what that team started to produce. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so, a great point. Yeah. So what's your number? What's your second one, Rob? Oh, geez. Um, I guess I'm going to go the 2008 CA football title. Yeah. Good one. That's You're right. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) End to end. To me, this was kind of peak CAA. Uh, Unfortunately, didn't, didn't, didn't Richmond win it all that year? Was that the year Richmond won the title? He did, yeah, yeah you're right. Like, Gosh, yeah, which is which Great is disgusting. Yeah, but it also shows you how great the CA was as a basketball league, uh, as a as a football, football league back in the day, and um, that was that was just an epic year. You had the Villanova win with the, with the Hail Mary. You obviously had the Scotty McGee. <laughs> if I was going to choose one moment, it probably would have been that Scotty McGee punt return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Richmond game and the App State game, and all the whole second half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The upstate game was 
unreal, but I kind of that out of conference. I didn't want to yeah. count that as like memory, but just that was, I mean, it, it sounds dumb, but if there ever was a magical season mm-hmm. up until Rodney getting hurt against Montana, yeah. that was it. Like they just felt like they were blessed and there were so many great wins. They were exciting wins. The comeback against Villanova in the playoffs, which was unreal. Didn't they beat mm-hmm. Wofford in the first round? And Wofford was a very good team. Yes. With like a very difficult offense to prepare for. Yep. Um, it just was a fun, fun year. Rodney Landers, probably the two of us, like yeah. arguably our favorite JMU yeah. athlete of all time. There's just, yeah. there was just something about that team where it was so cool. And like everybody kind of turns their nose up at the CAA and JMU's recent dominance, but like mm-hmm. JMU going undefeated and winning that league in the regular mm-hmm. season was a big, big deal. And it wasn't in the sense of like, Oh, you know, the winner of, of the CA is going to just face off against North Dakota State or whoever in the championship. It was like, wow, any one of the top four teams could win the dang title. Yes. You know, you, and, yeah. I mean, we had been, years, Delaware, and Richmond, JMU, like there was a stream great. there. Yeah. You also felt the way about the top two, three, maybe four teams of the SOCON. So it was just mm-hmm. different. Like that, that was really, for me, like that was kind of the peak of. FCS. Oh, FCS. And then like, and this, like when you won mm-hmm. the conference, that was a big freaking deal. Like yeah. it stinks the way it worked out and Jamie didn't win the national championship, but I will never like lose my pride for how excited I was about winning that conference title. Yeah. To me like that, that was, I always say things like a t-shirt worthy occasion. Like yes. I, back then there wasn't a lot of swag. There wasn't a lot of like, right. really, <laughs> I would have bought a conference champion t-shirt. Um, for that, without a doubt, the past couple of years, most Jamie fans would laugh at you if you're like, "Oh, I'm going to get a CA champs shirt." But like, no, it was cool. You puff your chest out. You have bragging rights, and not yes. just with your CA fans, but nationally, people are like, "Oh, wow, they won yeah. that league." It was a big deal. Capital B, capital D. You know, like, yeah. It, it was cool. Like, and that was, to me, that was just such a fun season, but such mm-hmm. a satisfying season in, in in a lot of ways. And didn't it start off like? They were, I don't know. It was just it. Yeah, you had the, you had the feeling they could be good, but you didn't know they could be that good. And every week they kept taking another step forward and having another improbable win. And you're just like, the team was just built different. And then unfortunately, it ended with the injuries. But even even when Lod, when Rodney got hurt, mm-hmm. you came in like, I mean, you and I were there. Like, yeah, we thought Dudzik was going to get it done. We yeah. just like helicopter on like did. it felt like a destiny. So for me, like that's. Even though we've won national championships and there's bigger victories out of conference mm-hmm. and everything, that season as a whole, in terms of conference memories, that's probably that's, yeah. that's probably the thing for me. Yeah, that's where we. I mean, we also had some. That's where Duke's never disappoint started. That's where, like, we personally, I think you had had season tickets maybe the year or two before that, but you and I had gone a few times with you. But that's really where I started. Like, that was really the first year that we started going. Like, well, that's right, friends. But- yeah, and, and it brought our friends back and it was fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't think we're alone in that. I mean, I think there's a lot of people in that boat. I mean, I think the kids that were in school for the 04 team had already bought in. Um, but as far as alumni, yeah, that was the year that like I think people were Maybe more than the national championship got. got oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, that, that year. And you're right, that 08 to 2012 – before everyone left to go to FBS, you know, like, and I don't mean everyone just being the CAA. Like, I mean, App State, Georgia Southern, right? I mean, other teams. Yeah, it, it felt like a big deal, like you were saying. It just, that was a huge deal. And whoever won the CAA was one of the, they were one of the real powerhouses going well, into the playoffs. You like 2000 and 2012, you had UMass, Delaware, JMU, Richmond, Villanova. Yep. And you only had a 16-team playoff field. So there was only like maybe three teams. Like it was really squishy even for a third at large, you know, like even a second at large, you know, like two, three teams were going. And so you were like those games in the regular season, it was a big deal, you know. Like, and the two of us probably more than anybody have crapped on the CAA of late. Yeah. But man, that was good. When when it was good, it was really good. Basketball, too. Yeah. yeah basketball, yeah. JMU didn't really play a part in the basketball success, but mm-hmm. it really, 
when it had its stuff together and had everybody aligned, it was a great, great football league. And in many ways, it reminds me of what we're walking into with Sun Belt. We just mm-hmm. have you had a group of yes, kind of like very much so collectively focused institutions and schools mm-hmm. that all were pushing together, all wanted to be good, all had fan interests, and unfortunately, it disappeared. And now we've kind of traded up for for the new hotness and in, in Sun Belt, but. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, just like it, it's weird to think of it like that, but this really walking into the Sun Belt and seeing all these other fan bases really reminds me of what we had 12, 14 years ago. Yeah, for sure. And and that's kind of, um, that's a good segue to my number two, which is my uh, bigger picture one. Uh, and uh, from the CAA era, which is, the 2011-ish, 2012-ish decision, we'll never know really what was there and what wasn't there. But I, I think I will always believe that there was an affirmative decision from JMU not to move up, um, that, the, that there were offers out there. In, and, and maybe this is my own mea culpa because I was so angry about it at the time. And that didn't lessen for five or six years. Um, but now I recognize that like everything from the last decade like put us where we are today. And I wouldn't trade this last decade for what ODU has had in, at all, right? And so as upset as I was at the time and as kind of feeling left behind as I think many fans felt at the time, um, you know, now that JMU has sort of caught the last train you know, the, 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 what is it? The, you know, the last mango in Paris here, right? The last plane out of Saigon here, um, you know, into the FBS world. And it, and it happens to be landing somewhere that, that looks pretty darn good. Um, it's a lot easier to look back now and say, wow, two ga- those two ga- I mean, the first game day appearance, you know, we were like tears in our eyes, you know, kind of thing. I mean, like really like that. Un- unbelievable. And of course, like the whole Withers, Houston, Signetti era and the, the second title and everything we've had since then. I mean, just magical. And I don't know that any of that occurs if if JMU goes to Conference USA or the Sun Belt or the MAC, whatever the decisions were at the time. Um, so as much as I was probably upset about it, I, I got to say that decision's been richly rewarding as a fan. <laughs> But I, I think I agree with you wholeheartedly and 100%. Yeah. But I also think we need to recognize the value of luck or like mm-hmm. Todd, you know, Garth Brooks, unanswered prayers. Right. Like some of this, we can go back and we could either kind of say, hey, Jeff Bourne is a genius. He saw this coming. Or we could admit like, Jamie got freaking lucky. You know, it was the right move. I don't think Jamie was ready. I don't think Jamie would have had near the success and goodness mm-hmm. only knows what the state of the program would be had they jumped that. I, I don't think we were ready to compete. Maybe they would have become coastal and, you know, coastal wasn't ready, but coastal has been damn good and yep. good for them. Um, but Jamie was not app state. App state was right. ready and rolling and go. Yes. Now, now Jamie is, you know, coming off of a, an unprecedented decade run mm-hmm. that has just put them in absolutely the, the perfect situation to take the next step and really be competitive. I'm not going to say that yeah. we're going to go in and be even, but like, I, I think some of that is born and everybody else, Alger, deserves credit for not getting too excited by the flavor of the month and jumping at the first thing they could jump to. But also, I don't think they anticipated this. Like, it, it's a combination of like, hey, having having the stones to say, we're not ready, let's go. But if they were to say, hey, give us another 10 years, we're going to win multiple national championships in different sports, and we're going to have game day, they're lying. Like, it's certainly yeah, no, 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 they didn't anticipate that, no, no. But yeah, I'm with you, because like at the time, I was really worried, but thank God for an answer prayers. You know, just yeah. in a better place today than they were when, when no. the first opportunity was. Now my guess is we both have the same the same number one, but I could be wrong here, Rob. Um, I don't know. I might I might go a different. I mean, are we, we're going to go twenty sixteen or no? I was going to go two thousand four. Okay, I mean, so that's, that's... I'll start there. I mean, mine was just the two thousand four national championship. To me, is the like 
is the spark to everything since then. And all, like yeah. all these other discussions that we've talked about, right? I mean, and I just know, I didn't know it at the time. We were invested. We were massively invested in that run. Yeah. We had a great time watching them win the national championship that year. Um, we didn't know that there was, that there were other things above that. But like you said, by 08, I mean, when we were walking away from Bridgeforth back to the parking lots, to the tailgate, after the App State win in 08, was the first time it ever occurred to me, like, Jamie could play, like, they could be FBS. Like, anything is possible, kind of. Like, that was the first time. And all of that kind of goes back to, like, I don't think, if they don't win in 04, I'm not sure there's any investment that sets them up for 08, much less, like, beating Tech in 10 or hiring you know, making bigger swings and their hires later on that lead to bigger yeah. things. You know, I don't know. I just I remember going back in 2004. It was right mm-hmm. after I graduated memory. It was, so mm-hmm. I was back in Virginia for the first time in a couple of years and went back for the Delaware game. Mm-hmm. And I went, were you there? Like it was like, nope. I think I was there with like Bio and yep. my sister and Rick and the Leahy's and Varga yep. and like all these random collection people. And I think Varga was the one who was the biggest on like he had been a fan the whole time because he was yeah. a manager for rip share he had followed it and like yeah. i'd been paying attention but i wasn't as dialed in and we went back for that game and it was like i remember we were going to go dead and dead i was like i'm not going they're going to get killed delaware's <laughs> coming up national championship and we went back and we tailgated in the baseball lot back when it was oh, called yeah, yeah. And, we had, and we're like this is awesome because there were like 10 other tailgaters there yeah and we're like oh, this is cool and then we walked in and like it was exciting you the Cortez Thompson poetry. Like it was fun, but like you saw a little bit of taste of like, wow, there's people actually going to games. Yeah. And there's this, you know, I think the Plecker was new that year or something. Oh yeah, yeah. But it still was like kind of new and like, well, you know what? Our whole takeaway from that game is like, wow, I would go back to one of these every year with, you know, my wife and my friends and hang out. Right. Like fun way to spend a weekend, you know, for something different. And like we never had this. We were on but I had no idea yeah. that it was going to become what it became. Right. And then you, you can pass that with even like four years later. Oh, yeah. We brought back the whole crew for the App State game. Did and you know, I'd been going for four years at this point. Yep. And even that, like, I remember going in, we left my house. I remember he picked, picked me up at like 7.30 or 8. We got down to campus and we drove through campus for going to Gus's. Right. And it was like, you saw, it might have been like the HTS. Was it Home Team Sports back then? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I think they were there. Those trucks, and there were people tailgating. We saw people in JMU jerseys. Now, they were the old knockoff purple jerseys that people would get at University Out, not University Outpest, but what was that place at at Valley Hall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. We were like, oh my gosh. And I think that was the first time I ever saw tickets were available on eBay. And we were like, this is next level. But we still didn't go straight to tailgate. We went to lunch, came back, and then it was just like nuts. Yeah. And then at halftime, I remember me and you and Rick and I, I forget who else was, went back to his parking spot in the deck and we're shotgunning beers like, this sucks, fire making up. And then you're running back in and Scotty wins. And it's like, I literally felt like the program turned the page there. So like it was the yeah, first oh, thing like, yeah. Yeah, it kind of opened the book to be like, this is what's possible in 2004. But none of us had any idea if it was a flash in the pan or it was going to be yeah. sustainable. 2008, I felt like particularly oh, yeah. that absolute game. Everybody, like after the second half, 75% of the fan base and probably Alger, whoever else, was like, okay, we're in. This is this is a real this is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, let, let's go. Mm-hmm. And then here's where we are now. Like yeah. and there are a couple of down years. They were with Mickey. Ironically, the year we beat tech was like the yeah. worst year, the only losing year. But I felt like that was really like, okay, we, we saw a glimpse of what it could be, what we thought was the peak, which mm-hmm. was what? 12,000 people on campus tailgating. Right. You know, and now you look back and like, oh, how quaint. But yeah. that really was like, okay, th- this is this is where it's going if we all commit and everybody committed from that. I think the most, some of the most passionate fans of, of the JMU fan base were on campus during those years. Yes, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's for sure. And I think that's when like all the, you know, if you're a, if you were an MRD in the 2000, mm-hmm. like from 04 to 2010, 
just rode the wave. Chances yeah. are you're probably still invested a little bit more than like almost any other demographic of JMU, you know, alums. Right. Yeah. So yeah, pretty cool stuff. What was your number one, Rob? Oh, Jesus. I, Is it 16? Yeah. It probably was. It probably yeah. was, honestly. Because to me, like being there, we had the really big tailgate. We all oh, went yeah. down. Like I felt like that was such a fun year and fun in the sense that every week we didn't know what JMU's ceiling was. Mm-hmm. And as the season got further and further along, we were like, hey, you know what? This might be like that 2014. This might this team might be better than that 2018. Like, wow, mm-hmm. they're really good. Uh, Todd, I'm sure you recall, like yeah. we had a lot of questions about the defense the first half, and then Trot yeah. started putting together and showed what type of coach he was. Mm-hmm. And then to kind of slay the dragon and go into North Dakota State and and beat them in Fargo. And it was cool because it was after that game, which was arguably the biggest moment for me. If you're talking about single moments. Oh, yeah. It was that game in Fargo Dome. Yeah, that's my um, Greensboro Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of felt like like the game in Fargo was more uh, a coronation than a question. Like, you know me. I'm the most nervous fan ever. You mean the when game I, in Frisco? Of course, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Youngstown State game felt like just a big party, like a big it's celebration a of winning the title, not like any Fargo question. Was, yeah, we covered the home in Fargo. I was like, okay, this was epic. I didn't know if they could do that. It was a Friday night game. I was mm-hmm. nervous. It was exciting Clint Abdullah and there but then after that I was like we're just the best team we're just gonna win and like I am not a confident fan in any way shape or form but I had zero doubts when I booked my tickets that I was going yeah. to watch Jamie win the national championship yeah yeah oh for sure that's that's a great point about it I, I think we both did and when we put our whole group together we all yeah. felt like we're here to win yeah, <laughs> like, that's it. yeah. it wasn't um, even like do you want to get, it's like, do you want to go watch JMU win the championship? Right, right. Do you want to, yeah, it was awesome. Um, yeah, because, and it's funny, I mean, I had the win at NDSU on my honorable mention list here, um, because I did feel like that was, that was the one that won them the title, yeah. right? And, and that title was a validation of the investment that JMU had been making since the 04 title, I think. You know, I mean, that was. It was unprecedented. Let's be honest. It was, like yes. people, people don't beat North Dakota State in Fargo. No. Um, my other honorable mentions on that were, I, I think when we got Vadley, the, mm-hmm. the first year of Withers, that was a huge moment. Um, not well, to say do you that. Remember, do you remember the first couple of weeks? Like, yeah, we were not hold on. I was like, no. ooh, what is going on? We weren't. But it is funny to look back now and say like, okay, by the end of that season, they were cooking. I mean, they managed to go out and lose to Liberty, I think, <laughs> that year. Without, I mean, yeah. You know, but, like, that started everything from 16 on, you know, I mean, or from, that was, what, 14. And, you know, that that was the real reinvigoration. We didn't know what would happen after Mickey. When they finally made the decision to move on, we didn't know. And, and I think that, and that whole, I mean, the whole team, but certainly his, his play those two years was special. Um, and the SMU game, yes, show. yeah. Um, and then my only other honorable mention was just from the last couple of years, just the opening of the Atlantic Union Bank Center. And I don't think we have fully grasped like what that means. I think it was a. I think that was enormous to JMU's being well positioned for the whether they were going to go to Conference USA or the way the Sun Belt ended up. But if they were ready to move up, I think they needed to have that facility. And just because of COVID, we haven't like fully, not even, we saw a little, I mean, we've got our taste this year with UVA, but I'm really interested to see. And I do feel like that is starting to, you know, facilities wise, it was the last piece they were really missing. Um, Yeah. And I do feel like at its heart, there's still a a significant um portion of the Jamie fan base that considers Jamie a basketball school. Mm-hmm. And I think it may be, that may become more the case again. I, you know, yeah. I'm certainly open-minded on that going into the Sun Belt right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, football games are great. They're an event and everything, but it's tough to beat an actual college basketball game, like a big game in terms of just getting to go with your friends and like a Tuesday night or Thursday night. Like that's pretty fun. It's yeah. pretty neat. I think in some ways it can be a, 
it's a different experience for students, but it can be more communal because I feel like it's more driven around the students versus football, which is frankly driven around alumni. Yeah. So, um, well, that takes us, um, to my honorable mention. Can yeah. I say like, yeah, yeah, you had year, but like for me, when I also think about CAA memories, like soccer games, watching them. Yes. The was it, did you miss that by year? Or I did. I, I don't know if I, I was trying to think if I, that may have still been there my freshman year, but I more, more remember going over by Walmart, right? Yeah. I mean, by the what is now the field hockey complex. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought you missed it by year, but like that was really fun when it was by the when it was by the baseball stadium and the old baseball stadium. It was just it was like old school, very small college soccer, but super super exciting. People were just relentless to the other teams yes. and just. Like not in a nasty way, but it was just like the home field advantage. And for people that don't know what I'm talking about, like 30 years ago, JMU soccer played right on what is now, I think, the practice field for football practice field where the baseball team used to play before Veterans Park. Yeah. And there's a big hill there. And the students used to, we used to sit down on the hill and people bring pots and paint. And the hill was behind the goal. Behind the goal. Right. And people used to like, I mean, similar like what you see for like the Cameron Crazies, they tend out cheer sheets. People mm-hmm. would hand out sheets of like all the other team's roster and their names and everything. And people would just pepper them the entire game. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it was funny. It wasn't like mean spirited. Right. It was just getting in their head. And yeah. uh, it was a great home field advantage and just a ton of fun. Like the entire team kind of rallied off of it. And I remember their games were like, Jamie was really, really good at the time. And there'd be times where like Jamie'd be up big and you'd have literally like people in the crowd chanting like Todd, pass to Rob, Rob, pass to Bill. And going through. Like, it was just funny. Like there was one game in overtime. I remember the team switched sides and the entire hill ran after the other team's goalie and followed him to go sit behind the other goal for overtime. So it was, it was super, super fun. And like a very kind of like old school quaint yes. way of um, not it. big big time sports but like it was really high level jamie was like a top 10 program at the time mm-hmm. but it was not you know big arenas and stadiums and it was just a lot of fun so yeah i like that nice well and now we can turn the page right rob to um kind of- our biggest what are our three at the moment at least um i'm sure there's things we can't even think of but what are our three biggest dreams for the sunbelt era um, I don't know how we'll define the Sunbelt era. Who do, we don't know, you know, it's unknown when that era will, will end. Um, but I guess I'll start us off with my third thing that I was thinking of, uh, Rob. And that is I'd like to see men's hoops, men's and women's. But I was thinking of this in terms of men's. Um, be a real powerhouse again. Yeah. And be a powerhouse in this conference. And the way I was thinking of that was what I'd really love to see is three or four bids in the next decade, um, you know, three or four chances to play in March Madness in the next decade, next 10 years, with one or two of those, um, including an at-large team. Well, no, I was just thinking of, of being of having an at-large bid from the Sun Belt. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be JMU that gets the at-large, but in a year when, what I'd really like to see is in three or four or five years for the Sun Belt to be back in the conversation for an at-large bid. Um, I don't know if that's possible, but that's kind of the way I, I certainly think the first part's possible, which is I think JMU can be a really relevant team in this conference. Um, that's not to say they're going to, you know, it's not, it's not easy. Um, and it's a 14 team league now. So in a one bid league with 14 teams, that's, that's tough. You know, the only time JMU has been to the tournament in the last 20 years was in a year when there were only seven teams eligible. Right. So, I, you know, that's tough, but I also feel like the talent's there, the coaching's there, the facility's there, and maybe the motivation vis-a-vis the other programs in the conference yeah. is there, right? I, I imagine that Georgia State and ODU will be motivated, and I recognize that some of the other teams are going to make an effort, you know? But I don't think there's anybody who's, you know, light years ahead of JMU. In, no, there's in, no- Run away with it. I do yeah. think that the recognition across the entire league mm-hmm. that hey, there's an opportunity to really step up and, and push forward mm-hmm. and every school to help their own athletic program. 
So I do think it's, it's going to get more competitive. Now, mm-hmm. whoever, who knows how this can play out. You could see in two, three years where schools go all in and it doesn't work out and they fade back. And I think in that case, the schools you just mentioned, mm-hmm. JMU, Georgia State, ODU, are the most likely to have sustained resources dedicated to this and everything. So like, yeah. I'm very optimistic, but I, I do think it needs to transition to more of the, if not a perennial two-bid league, you've got to at least get in the conversation once every three years or something, 14 teams. Yes. It'd just be a one bid league if, if you want to go anywhere. Well, and I kind of think counterintuitively that like all the NIL and pay for play stuff, you like, it, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird to say this, but I almost feel like it's the investment could be, it, we could go back to where like in basketball, you only need a couple of great players, right? Like in any, at any level, yeah. right? And one of the problems in football right now is just it's going to take such a massive investment to build a roster mm-hmm. that competes with the highest level programs. And I'm not sure that a school like JMU, who it remains to be seen, right? And all this, there's a lot to be learned about this over the next few years. But fair to say that JMU has always made a good faith effort to play by the rules. Yeah, they have not brazenly attempted to, you know, cheat. Right? I mean, to drop bags, <laughs> like, and I don't think they're at the place where they're going to like, you know, massively invest in sixty-five players or something that it takes to win a in football. If that's what it, we're coming to, right? Um, we're in hoops. You know, everybody's got a little <laughs> little dirt under their fingernails. Because it only takes a couple players, right? And yeah, there's the dirt on the fingernails, but there's also the diamonds in the rough. And there, and there's also the idea that even for those players, drama rant, right? Yes, you can for Ja. That's a great example because I think there's the idea that like a player can go to UCLA or Missouri or Texas or whatever, right? And there's only so many guys who get to be the man in college basketball, right? And so like. You can go be the sixth man at Florida, mm-hmm. or you can be the man at JMU. Like, yeah. and I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I think that still is going to, once this all starts to settle in two or three years, I don't think that's going to hurt the mid-major programs as bad as, as we think in some well, of those ways. It's, it's an interesting kind of studying psychology too, because I've got to mm-hmm. figure that most of these guys coming out of high school who are getting recruited by P5 programs are delusional enough to think that they're going, that they're the next John Morant. They're the next. Right. But you've got to also think like there are some others who are more realistic who know like, Hey, you know what? I'm really damn good. I'm good enough to play scholarship basketball. I'm good enough to play one. But this coach from wherever, you know, LSU or right. see is telling me I'm be the star, but I look on verbal, verbal commits and there's four other five stars they got. Yeah. Like I ain't going to be there. I'm like so that's great. So I could go play there, or this other school, JMU, Georgia mm-hmm. State, George Mason, VCU. You know what? I am a bigger deal there. I can go and I can be an absolute starter from day one. Like there are some people who will do those calculations. I think back, mm-hmm. like my my cousin's really good friend in high school yeah. was getting recruited for football by I think like Michigan, Ohio State, and like they were all telling him like, "You're our top recruit. You're going to be the best guy." And he looked around. And he was like, "I'm a five ten running back like i'm nothing the guy was super super smart um did very well in the sats also got recruited by harvard yeah and he's like all these schools are telling me i'm going to the nfl and he was like i'm not going in the freaking nfl yeah right i can go play at harvard yeah and probably play a heck of a lot and also be a guy who sets records at harvard yeah and i'll probably set up for life you know with that regard and like there's probably people are going to give me jobs by virtue of the fact that i set the rushing mm-hmm. record for Harvard or whatever. Yeah. And he went and kind of bet on himself in that regard and realized like yeah. he was smart enough, probably not smart enough to get into Harvard, but he also was good enough to play at Michigan, probably good enough to get into the NFL. And there's guys like that. There's like you're yeah. saying like, no, like, okay, like uh, I'm getting letters from Duke, but right. I'm getting recruited by JMU. You yeah. know, like I can, I can go be an absolute stud and have four great years and, yeah. you know, average 18 points a game. I don't know. I mean, there's just, well, there's 
God bless the kids that want to go be like on the bench at UCLA or I'm going to be a six man at Kansas. That's awesome. Work your yeah. butt off. That's your, But I'm also not going to knock a kid that's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to go to as much as we don't want to say this, like a level down at a yeah. JMU and be a stud. Yeah, you know, that, that, and that, that, that's a recruit, like that's a recruiting pitch right there. And I think that's a viable recruiting pitch. Mm-hmm. And the transfer portal works both ways. Yes. And for basketball, it only takes a couple, right? You know, it's just a different, different beast than football. So that's mine. What about you, Rob? You got one for one of your. Well, this is going to be simple. And this might not be as grandiose as yours, but for me, in terms Mm -hmm. of things that I'm really looking forward to in the Sun Belt, Mm -hmm. I want to beat ODU. Yeah. Let's just keep it simple. Yes. Yes. Like uh, we talked about the glory years, the CAA. Should have been my number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It bothers me that that ODU fans have the ultimate scoreboard and that JMU has never beaten them. You know, ODU was the new kid on the block and they came in and a lot of us, certainly myself, thought, oh, we're going to wipe the door, you know, just blow the doors off them. Never happened. Never beat them in football. I think that stinks. It hurts my heart. But there's a certain excitement about the fact that, like, if we were able to beat them our first year in FBS after giving Mm -hmm. them the advantage, be a little bit, you know, turnabout's fair play. So that's what I'm looking for, beating ODU for the first time and then consistently from there on. Yeah, I like that. That's really good. I should have should have put that right on there. I, like that. I got no problem with that one. Um, my second one is short and sweet. It is just the Sun Belt remaining relevant. And yeah. I think what I mean is like, as we move forward into whatever the future holds, particularly for football, I hope the Sun Belt, you know, right now there's a lot of talk of, you can argue whether Sun Belt's the best group of five conference or not. I mean, it's clearly in the top three. Um, probably the top two discussion. Uh, you know, I would say it's the top, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, the point is right now, it's, it doesn't feel that far away from the group, from the power five. Yeah. Um, and I hope whatever happens with football, that the Sun Belt remains relevant. And I guess I kind of mean this in two ways. Like one, I'd love to remain relevant in football, but even if there's a football split down the road coming, either football splits away from the NCAA you know, division one football as a whole, or there's a major split between say the top 40 programs and everybody else. I still want the Sun Belt to be relevant in the other sports too. Yeah. Right? It doesn't, even if we become one double A, the next one double A. Okay. So, so be it. But I just want this promise of men's soccer, of basketball, of softball, of baseball, all that stuff to be, you know, we were all worried about, I mean, I feel bad for our friends from Southern Miss um, <laughs> for last night, but we were all worried about that. Like they lost to the team that won the whole damn thing. <laughs> right? I mean, like I, I want to be relevant. I hope that the Sun Belt stays, you know, whatever happens with the NCAA, I hope that the conferences that are currently considered like, you know, the one double A version or the, the second tier, the group of five, um, you know, I hope we stay in the mix for, everything else. Yeah. Uh, so, I agree. You know, that's, I think that's it. That's it for me. What's another one for you, Rob? Well, this might be recency effect mm-hmm. and, and kind of piggybacks on something you just said, but I'm very excited about the future of Jamie baseball. Not because I think things are heading in the right direction. No, no offense to anybody involved in the program. Like I'm not saying they're not heading in the direction, mm-hmm. but I, I, I have seen the potential for what a great sport college baseball is or, or, or the potential mm-hmm. for what college baseball can do for a university and its fan base mm-hmm. based on this last spring. Like I, I admit total bandwagon. I jumped on board once JMU made the announcement of the Sun Belt. I started paying attention and it is really, really fun. Like as Todd, you know, I'm a big baseball yeah. fan, but I'm a big major league baseball fan. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably indicative of most people who grew up on the Eastern seaboard anywhere mm-hmm. from DC on up, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's pro baseball, pro baseball, pro baseball, <coughs> college baseball is super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm kind of late to the party, much like the way we were late to the party of the softball, but like it is a really, really fun, competitive, passionate thing. It mm-hmm. is largely based in, you know, the, the Southeastern U S and footprint of the Sunbelt. Yeah. Sun um, the, the, the Southern Miss thing, losing to Ole Miss in Hattiesburg was brutal, but it, <laughs> also kind of showed that like it's not that far away from the, the 
the SEC has a clear advantage here if you're paying, particularly with Texas and yeah. Oklahoma. Like it's crazy what's going on, but I also feel like it's kind of the college baseball is kind of there for the taking. The SEC yeah. has invested big time, and you know it, they've kind of gone past the Fresno State's, Cal State Fulterns, and you know everything mm-hmm. from the past. But like, I do think there's the opportunity for the Sun Belt writ large to really jump on board and be very, very competitive. Yeah. And I think JMU would be really well suited for that, and it would be something that everybody would get very excited about. And, I don't know. It was, just, it was fun. Did you watch any of the college yeah, baseball? Yeah, I did. Like, and it yeah, was cool. It was yeah. super, super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like like I said, the SEC is heads and shoulders above everybody right now. But I don't feel like the gap is nearly as large as it is with like SEC football. And it feels like even with the changes coming in the NIL and the paid coaches and the full scholarships, it's still like such a huge – you have to have a huge roster. Like, and you have to – you're already starting with like – the top hundred high school kids are already gone. They're not on the, they're not even on the board for yeah, being recruited to college, right? They're already in the minor leagues. So there's just like so much room for mistakes from big teams, for hits from smaller teams, for transfers, for development. I mean, kids growing. I mean, it's a sport, you know, look, I mean, the growth that kids have between 18 and 20 might turn them into something in baseball in a way that like a basketball, like if you can't, if you can't move at the quickness level required for D1, you, you're not going to get there even if you put on some muscle, right? Yeah. I mean, like, like, like basketball, you, you ain't hiding. Like if you got to tell me, you got to tell me, you know, like, you're, hot, as you know, like I, I've got yeah. a kid who's involved in travel baseball. Yeah. Baseball's different in the fact that like, it's still got weird demographics where a lot of the kids in early age are like, in the travel programs and are quote on the elite track because their parents signed them up and got them involved with, you know, Mm -hmm. private coaches at a young age. It's not the same thing as like a basketball where like the, the true talent emerges. So I think you've got that sort of combination where like you've got kids who are just very well-trained, but then in high school, it's like, Whoa, all these kids are well-trained also with kids with their growth sports and are just freak athletes and can throw 95 miles an hour. So you've got that coming together and it creates this weird opportunity where it's like, okay, who's really good. And who's just got their 10,000 hours. Well, that's how you end up with like East Carolina and Southern Miss hosting super regionals. Yes. Yes. And it feels like like, that's still very possible in both of those sports. Yes. Yes. And it's just, it's just, it's just a different sort of thing where like, um, and particularly because baseball is a game of reps and it's like, it's reps and reps and reps. Mm-hmm. But then some kids grow up to be six, four and, <laughs> you know, 210 pounds. And wow. You know, despite all those reps, they only tap out at 80 miles an hour versus mm-hmm. this one freak of nature, you know, Randy Johnson jr. Over there is throwing yeah. 98. It's just different. So like there's opportunity to, to get diamonds in the rough. Um, and there's also just so many people playing in all of these, showcase tournaments and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the opportunity for guys just to go unnoticed. And mm-hmm. if you pick up one or you pick up a Chase DeLauder, yep. okay, that's great. But if you pick up two or three Chase DeLauders and the next level down, next right. thing you know, you're competing. So Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, yeah, and, and on that note, I just – men's soccer, women's soccer, softball, obviously wanting all of that too you know, materialize into what we, those would be honorable mentions here because my number one, Rob, I thought about whether to say this or not. This is not an expectation. It's just a dream, but I do want a JMU college football playoff appearance. Oh yeah. I mean, now it seems like it's not, it's not entirely unfathomable. Um, but more than anything, it just feels like I think playoff expansion is inevitable at some point, and it kind of dovetails with the last thing I said, which is if the Sun Belt remains relevant and there isn't a complete split, right? I mean, I think that we're going to get to an eight or a 12 or a 16. Some other version of a playoff is seems just, you can't leave that money. These no. corrupt idiots aren't leaving that money on the table, right? Like so if somebody's going to pay them for that product, they're going to, it's going to happen at some point. And, and sooner it, or later, they're going to realize that the TV ratings will come with the Cinderella story, much like they do for March Madness. Well, and so, they, don't, they, need, they don't need a million. They just need one or two every year. Yeah, well, exactly. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. People just are going to say, like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, Notre Dame's got this great fan base that travels. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If App State makes it in, it's going to draw in a casual fan. Mm-hmm. Maybe Notre Dame's a bad example because they're Notre Dame. But, like, um, whatever. Pick pick random P5 team. Right. USC, UCLA. Yeah, those right. are big brand names. 
but it's not the same thing to the everyday fan that no. had a Cinderella. Well, and everybody's going to pay. I mean, look, you know, Cincinnati played Alabama as well as anybody in the country last year, right? Uh, you know, and at some point, they're going to win them one of those games. And, yeah. you know, that, and when it's not four teams, but it's eight teams, that means one of those teams is going to get in every year. Yeah. Or if it's 12 teams. And the Sun Belt seems right there with the Mountain West, you know, to trade those slots back and forth if the playoff ever expands. So to yeah. me, you know, five, six years from now, if there's a 12 team playoff, why can't, why not us? So <laughs> that's, that's all. Would you yeah. celebrate a Sunbelt team making it in? Yes. Like, like I think I would too. Like I would I, have I, a hard time if they beat JMU in the Sunbelt championship on some kind of nonsense. Um, but like, yes, I would very much. So. I think I would take some pride. And I have to say, I will be just as excited if JMU ever makes a, you know, if it doesn't even have to be like a New Year's Six Bowl, if we just play in a game against Iowa, like that will be fun, right? Yeah. Like, like I will celebrate that too, you know. And I recognize, I, I recognize that the current bowl structure is not set up for necessarily for the Sun Belt champion to like go and play P five team, um, but I also will a I will celebrate a Sun Belt title, a title game appearance. Um, and B, like, I, the, the opportunities are there. We're playing UVA next year. And I don't think that's a game that ever materializes if JMU isn't going to the Sun Belt. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, no way. No right. Way. And, and I just, I think we're playing Louisville and UVA. And I know we've had these games against Carolina. We've had State, Duke. I mean, teams that are willing to play us when we were FCS. But, yeah, I just, I think the possibilities are much more, they've, you know, we're going to get some fun games against P5 teams um, coming up. So I, I that is for sure. And, and you hear more and more talk of potentially the P5 not playing FCS at all, which if that comes to fruition is only going to force them to play the G5 more, right? Because they need wins too, right? So And then they'll bounce back to FCS because they'll start losing games and realize like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, I actually don't think it's good for the sport for them. Not, I, I think everyone should play. Uh, no, I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, that's not good for anybody, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to celebrate all kinds of things, Rob. I'm just saying, why not say it? I mean, the truth is that there is, it is, yeah, it is now a non-zero possibility. So I'm going to dream it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the Cincinnati fans wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have believed it 10 years ago. And no. like you said, they were. Yep. So did you have one more, Rob? Um, I, actually, I, I don't know. Uh, can we say, can we go back to what you were saying on basketball and just like yeah. tourney bid? Like I, I want to yeah. go back. I want to make the tourney. And yeah. we've got the 1994 situation with Kent Kluge, which was awesome. 2013, which was a little bit of a, it was great, but a little bit of an asterisk. I'd like to just make the tourney. Um, I feel like that's been a Way little bit over. Yeah. I feel like that's been a little bit of overshadowed with, with basketball, with football success over yeah. the past decade or two. Like, I think people have kind of downplayed just how cool it is simply to make it into the field of 68. Yes. Um, so for me, like, I'm just, I'm very excited about that. Like I think Jamie's pointing in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I thought last year had, they had a chance and it, the injuries didn't go up. They actually could have yeah. made a run. So I, I'm just excited about that. I want to see him make tournament, both, both men and women. I would like to mm-hmm. see Sean get over the hump. You, you and I mm-hmm. are both in, in the tank for coach. O. great guy, but for me, it's just pretty simple. That's the marquee tournament for me is obviously mm-hmm. men's and women's basketball. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. Football's great. I love the idea that you're talking about with yeah. getting into the national, you know, into the running for the playoffs. But for me, the one thing that is achievable for every D1 school every year yeah. is an NCAA basketball tournament bid. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Jamie do it. So that, that'll be a big deal for me the first time that they do. Oh, yeah. And, and for the women's team to see them win a game someday. Oh, yeah. Um, would be. Well, just after all the heartbreak and the injuries and the bad luck yeah. and everything like that, but just to get into it is great. But yeah, winning yeah. games bonus. I also feel like for this year, right? I mean, one thing on the basketball, that's my last thing, is both programs have a real chance this year in a way that I'm not sure we can say about almost any other. So like lacrosse should be in the mix again next year, right? I mean, they... And what this, could be a two-bid league. In what could be a two-lit league. Um, you know, 
I'm not discounting baseball or softball or soccer or whoever, but like both basketball programs, I mean, if Kiki comes back and it looks by all accounts, she is like the women are pretty good. Like you start from there, you're going to be, your talent is going to be near the top of the league, everything else. Right. And the men, we know the depth of this roster right now, they're going to be in the mix. With with the big transfer pickup. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and they're both eligible and ready to go right now. And I think they're both – here's what I would think. I think both programs will be picked preseason top four probably in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Or certainly like even if they're five or six, they will be a team that no – it's not like people would be they're shocked. They're not sneaking up they, on anybody. No, no. And it's not like the other – teams will be shocked if they win the tournament. So it's not Leicester city winning the premiership. No, no, no. It, it just, and it's not even JMU men's basketball of like four years ago. Right? <laughs> it's just like, I, I think like, they're, yeah, they're a good team. They're, they're reaching their, they're going to be tough. Like they're, we're going to look at them on the schedule. And, and so that's really probably the, I mean, those are the ones that I, I, I'm looking forward to middle Tennessee, Rob. I'm looking forward to yeah. the first Sunbelt game. I'm looking forward to all the football season, everything that comes with this new year. But my expectations are going to be there when the wintertime comes and hoops kicks off, right? Yeah. That's where we're going to start getting like, oh my gosh, we could be really good. You know, like just... I, I don't feel like there's the transition year excuse for hoops. No, no, no. You're just, you, you know? should be good. You should be, it's you basketball, should be like, right? And in many cases, like JMU has advantages over the other Sunbelt schools in both men's and women's hoops. Like because yes. of what you said, the Atlantic Union Bank Center and, and the history of both programs that, isn't matched by some Sunbelt schools. Right. So there's no excuses. It's like, hey, you know, not only not excuses, but it's like, hey, let's get in there and let's get going and reach the potential where they are as soon as possible. Yeah. So we just, that becomes the, the standard. You know, yes. it's like, don't we don't want to build football. Everybody wants yeah. to go and win, but I think people are okay with the idea of like, there will be an ascension. There's a transition. I think for basketball, people are like, hey, get in there, establish yourself as one of the tops now and never look back. That's right. And, and there's yeah. a little bit of, I mean, honestly, there, there'd be serious concern if either program finished in, you know, the, the bottom quarter of the league. People are like, oh boy, this is not good because we were positioned to come yes. out there and compete from day one. That's kind of um, what I mean. I, in football, like if we win six, seven games, I'll be thrilled. Absolutely. And I'll feel like, okay, we're on the right track. Things are going well. No, no complaints. Let's see what happens. In basketball, I expect both programs to win 20 games this year. Yeah. And, right. Like, I mean, I mean, if both programs go like 12 and 18. I'm going to, Oh, yes. Is, that's a problem. Like a problem. I expect them to win 20 games and be yes. a top five, four or five, whatever the seat. I don't know how the seating will work out in a 14 team Sunbelt, but yeah, I expect them to be in the mix in Pensacola in March. Yes. <laughs> so exactly. yeah, like, you know, um, yeah, that'll be fun. So good times all around Rob. Um, I, neither one of us have any fancy t-shirts on tonight, but, uh, Anything no, for, but the, for the we, way out here? Yeah, we, we could, but if, if we wanted to, we could get them from Home Fiddle Apparel. Yes. Our, our favorite sponsors. I saw they've launched a couple new ones. I think they got some really cool Washington. Washington State was the big one this Ooh. week. Homefieldapparel.com. Yeah. It's just, guys, we cannot tell you how much we love the, this group and what they do in the t-shirts. Also, sneaky, sneaky underrated, the pennants. I don't know if you've seen this, Todd. Like, you and I both oh. love the the t-shirts and the yeah. hoodies fantastic, but they've got a really cool, I know Indiana pennant um, nice. on the homepage, but good stuff. Go to homefieldapparel.com, jmusportsblog.com for 15% off your first order. Um, they launch new stuff every week. They've got a subscription service now where you can get all their new stuff ready to go over 120 schools merchandise. And they really dig deep, get into the heart of what makes the school and the fan base kind of pulse and get out there and great stuff homefieldapparel.com uh code jamie sports blog and get your discount there you go thank you guys for listening um we will be taking a week off um for what what is the what does the teacher say in uh dazing a fuse rob don't forget what it is you're celebrating yeah that the fact that a bunch of slave owning aristocratic white men didn't want to pay their taxes didn't want to pay the taxes yeah. <laughs> yes um we, we will be celebrating that holiday uh, uh next week and hopefully everyone else will be too um but we will see you again in two weeks i'll talk to you soon rob yep have a good week everybody go dukes